you know, when people try and be authentic, it's it's not. But when you're vulnerable and you are sharing some of the challenges you're going through, that to me takes guts. And um, it's hard to do when you're in it and you're sharing it, but it's the most rewarding. I am so happy to have you here with me for episode 10. This episode feels like a mini milestone because starting a podcast was something that was always in the back of my mind, but I never believed I would actually do it. I want to thank you so much for being on this journey with me so far. I'm so grateful to be able to share knowledge and stories to help us expand our minds. And I hope you've enjoyed listening and learning from our amazing guests as much as I've enjoyed putting the show together. Which brings me to welcome my guest today, girl director herself, Rachel Dunn. The Girl Director brand is all about empowering people to feel confident using video in their business, to be visible and become recognized as experts in their field. It's all about taking charge of your life, going after what you really want and to quote directly from their tagline, change the world one video at a time. I met Rachel almost three years ago now and connecting with her absolutely helped to transform the trajectory of my business and my life because I was able to see what's possible when you decide to be the director of your life. I'm so excited to welcome to the show mentor and friend Rachel Dunn. Rachel Dunn, girl director, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. How are you today? Rachel, it's so good to be here. Taps. Um, yeah, it's awesome just to catch up with you. And I love seeing how your podcast is getting out there to so many people and uh, love what you do. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. It's so exciting. I've been able to work with you for, I think, about the last three years now, almost since we first connected. Yeah. And it's been an absolute pleasure just getting to learn under you and attend all your girl director events. And just for everyone that we have here, can you give me basically an overview of what girl director is all about? So girl director is, I guess it's a philosophy. It's about um, empowering people to be, go from invisible and not feeling good and in that procrastination and overwhelm to being able to grow their business, whether it's their first mentoring client um, helping them to sell high level and to shift their mindset so that they're making high quality videos and growing their business at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it is in a nutshell. And I'm really passionate about helping people to share videos that have that legacy and that have a bigger message to, you know, make a difference in the world. Mm. Video as a medium, it's, And I think it's even gotten bigger since we've come into (laughs) the world of COVID-19. We've had to take all our businesses online. But what would you say is the biggest thing that video can do for someone's business and their brand and getting to know their audience? Well, I think video is multifaceted. And I I think a lot of people think of it as one dimension. And I see video as multiple dimensions. And we don't just work in the scene space, but we also work in the unseen space, which is about your energy, your vibration, your frequency, or what you you are vibrating at at your frequency to be able to attract more. Because if you're putting videos out that you don't like, or you have resistance about, then it's also going to affect your reach. So I feel that video, 
there are so many ways for different businesses to grow, but it's really about what that business, what their goals are and being able to align the videos that they love to create to, you know, stick with that. Cause there's a lot of this whole, whole shiny object syndrome that you've got to go out there and do this and do this and do this, but focus on what you love, focus on what you do well and just keep doing it consistently. Mm. And something that comes up a lot when I talk to people about video is the idea that when you're out there on a screen, you don't really have anywhere to hide. And that is like very confronting for a lot of people. But like you said, if your energy and your vibration is off, that's going to come through in your video. So how do you work with people on that to build their confidence up, to put themselves out there, put their best foot forward on video? It's a really good question. Uh, because I struggled myself with confidence on camera, it was a really big thing to move through. But now I see that one of the biggest ways to shift that is doing a lot of the inner work, which we teach. So it's not just about doing one thing, definitely showing up and practicing. And the, the more that you do something and create a habit, you can change that in a very quick space of time. Um, I mean, we run a seven-day camera confidence treat free training that's really bizarre and it's really about a building onto these really right brain, left brain exercises to, so the people aren't thinking about what they do, but it's more about they're just following a process and by the end of seven days, they dramatically shift. So there's some really groundbreaking stuff we're doing there, but it's the inner work, it's the repetition, it's it's really working out what beliefs are holding them back and then working through to shift some of those paradigms, keeping them stuck. Mm, that's awesome. What do you mean by bizarre? What kind of activities would you do in this camera confidence <laughs> course that make it bizarre? <laughs> well, there's lots of things like um, reading something backwards or it's things that don't make sense mm. um, and they build on each other so that they are quite different. And they are using the left and right brain so that you're not, you're thinking, oh, this needs to be perfect, but it's not. So there's things there that, um, that people go, oh, I didn't expect that. And so that's what we want. We don't want people knowing that, oh, you just get on the camera and you talk normally for every day, for, which is what most people do. But this is actually doing something different. So you are using different parts of the brain, but I'm not going to give it all away, but it is definitely like exercises that challenge your thinking and um and helping you to just yeah not think about what you're doing but just do it mm. i think perfectionism as well when people want to put a video out and they want it to be perfect um but at the end of the day it's never really going to be perfect the way we want it to be perfect but just getting mm. out there and giving it a go in the beginning um do you think that's really important to just start and just put it yeah I mean, how did you feel when you first went out there yourself? Mm. I'll tell you a funny story where I sat in front of the camera and my friend Alice said, look, we've got the studio set up. Let's just do it. Talk about this blog post that you wrote, which ironically was about having more confidence in front of the camera. <laughs> and it took me over 45 minutes to spit out five minutes of usable content. But after mm. that, it felt so much easier once I posted that first video my guess my my thinking pattern had shifted to you know it wasn't that bad you know this is fun I enjoy this and now I'm the kind of person that puts out videos so it was a massive shift for me just to actually put a video out there mm. 
And I think actually it surprised me a little because I guess I think um, um, because I mean how how old would how old are you now? Twenty four. Twenty four. Because I'm thinking when you were growing up, was there? Um, yeah, digital cameras were around. Were they mm. started or? Yeah, it was. It wasn't as um, prominent as it is now, especially I guess because now you pull out a phone and you can record a video. <laughs> but mm. uh, and going through school, there was a little bit of that, and we had media classes and stuff like that. But it wasn't kind of in your face all the time like it is now. Yeah, I think the guys growing up now, I just go, wow, you know, you've been born into a world that it's just you know you come out and you're selfie ready um (laughs) whereas yeah in in, um yours and mine when we grew up for me it was film and so it was kind of like you had to get that right and you had to be really precious about getting it to the get it developed and then you missed the you know you didn't get it developed right and you wasted money and all that stuff so yeah it's really interesting and I think generationally you see where there's definitely people are scared to put themselves out there because of that whole thing about, well, you're a show off if you, you know, if you are always on camera or if you love it, that was my, you know, impression growing up was like, well, if you love being out there, it was always told, no, you're full of yourself. If you do that, Mm. it's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Can you tell me about the first time that you put yourself in front of the camera? Look, I remember it was for the, well, actually, yes, I remember it was in Sydney. We were doing this um, promo uh, video for a studio that I used to hire in Sydney and I had a video production business and I remember the company actually said, right, we're going to film everybody's business and you're going to be out there, you're going to do your thing and I stressed over it. It was just a simple interview and I was so, so terrified and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, I don't belong in front of the camera. I'm meant to be behind the scenes. And so I did that interview and it really upset me because what happened was when they positioned myself and the person that worked with me, they positioned me so that I wasn't front and centre, like I was like working for him. So they really, I, I attracted all this negativity. So I put myself out there and then when I saw the video edit, I I cried because it just looked terrible and didn't represent the business. So what I did was I'm like, right, I'm doing this again and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. So I spent eight hours (laughs) for this tiny little video (laughs) and I sat there and I just kept doing it. And then I gave them the piece of video that I was really happy with. And I don't know if they ended up using it. So there's a lot of hidden messages in that, but mm. it was it was really confronting and I attracted a lot of negativity because I was so down on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that comes back to the mindset stuff again and working on yourself and how you want to portray yourself mm. on video. Yeah. Absolutely. And it comes down, I mean, that was just that was before I knew all the stuff I know now. And now it's like, it's, it's so much easier, I guess back then. Yeah. There was just, it was, it was tough. Um, And then I think I found a cause greater than me that just, I I just went, you know what? Animals were my big, uh, the part of what I love to do. And I like to be a voice for them. Mm. And when I found that cause, they're not going to speak. So I'm like, Rachel, you've got to get out there and speak for them because they're not going to be able to speak. So just get over it. (laughs) That's awesome. And you're still in the process of creating your elephant documentary. Is that right? 
yes, it's been a very a long journey, this one, but um, this year, actually, we hope to get our editor out from New Zealand to come and uh, edit with us, but that hasn't quite happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. And if you know the octopus teacher, which is doing the rounds at the moment, his story is very similar to the beginning of mine. So it's, it's, I really could identify with that beautiful film. So definitely watch that if mm. you get a chance. Mm-hmm. I'll put a note of that um, in the show notes as well. Um, so what drove you to start to create the elephant documentary? It was when I reached burnout and I think business owners, when you, I was in my twenties, I had production and I loved making videos and I made them so good, but I had no business experience, no sales experience, no camera experience on camera. Uh, and I burnt out. I didn't charge appropriately. I just felt like I, I burnt out. So I just really stopped in the silence and said, you know, what's it going to take for an idea to come to me that I can use my skills and make a difference? So I kept asking that one question over and over again. Mm. And the elephant image popped into my mind of an elephant taking a photo, a selfie. And I'm just like, where did that come from? Because that's not a normal image that I've seen anywhere. Yeah. And that really inspired me to just go, right, okay, now... um, I'm going to find out if this elephant perhaps communicated with me because I did do some study around animal communication, which is all about, um, and it's going to sound a bit out there, all about telepathic communication with animals. And um, I just was drawn to this idea and I just, it wouldn't leave me. So I started to research it and I decided to go and see if I could find this elephant that um, was trying to send me a message. And the first elephant I did meet was just finishing filming a Samsung ad with the same image that I had in my mind. Wow. So, so that then I thought, well, this image, this, you got me here now. I'm here. Um, <laughs> so now I just realised the story was so much bigger than that. It's not about that at all. Wow. So what is the, the premise of your documentary? It's really proving animal communication. It's really coming from an angle that animals are thinking, feeling, they're sending you messages all the time. And I think the biggest thing is just following my instincts through this and showing how much that self-doubt and and my self-doubt was the biggest obstacle through this process because it was like, is this real? Does this happen? And the questioning, the tiring questioning that keeps going on. So it was following an animal communicator across Africa mm-hmm. in the end to find an elephant and we, and we were led via animal communication along the whole, whole path and whole journey because elephants, are they're going to be extinct if we don't start looking after animals and listening to them. We're all about shouting and and not listening to nature because nature has so much to teach us. And when you look at it, the elephant matriarch, the female elephant family member is the, is the leader. She's the one that runs the, the, the herd. She's the one, she's got babysitters. She's got like, you know, she's got it sorted. We could learn a lot (laughs) from elephants in society. Yeah. So it's a lot of lessons in there about elephants, about communication and about, yeah, there's a lot in there about what elephants can teach us as a whole. Mm, that's awesome. What did you learn from the whole experience of filming in Africa? That's probably like the main thing that has stuck with you. 
following your instincts, like how scary it is. Because, you know, we, before we got on a plane to Africa, we wanted to find an animal communicator and there was nobody showing up. And then it wasn't until we'd booked our flights, we were on our way. And the night before we had a confirmation that someone was there going to talk to me. So we went on this huge adventure with an idea and we were scared stiff that it wasn't going to work out, but it completely worked out and better than I would have imagined. But we had to take the action before we were ready. Mm, Wow. And trusting in yourself and having faith that you are being guided and that that your intuition is spot on. Mm -hmm. How do you start to listen to your intuition when it's something that I think a lot of us you know, suppress or think, no, I, I need to think about this logically and you push it to the side. How do you start to break through that and really listen to what you feel is right? You know, it's a really interesting one. We, or well, to give you an example, I mean, there's a couple of examples this week, in fact, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> because we've got, I've got this rock here, right? I've called it the gratitude rock. Yeah. I, I, you know, thankful for things. Now, Michael and I went to the botanical gardens on the weekend and I said, I want to find one of those painted rocks. Uh, I don't know if in Sunshine Coast, people actually paint rocks and put them in places for you to find. Oh, that's beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's really, it's around the world. And I found one before, which has been beautifully painted. Yeah. So I said, an intention, let's go to the park, let's find a painted rock and see if I can find one which would be my rock. So we went and we looked everywhere and, I mean, botanical gardens, I mean, it's like trying to find a needle <laughs> in a haystack. Nowhere. No rocks. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm not going to find a rock. Let's go. On the way out, of course, there was a magpie and I'm like, this magpie is going to show me where the rock is. And so I walk over to the magpie and there is, I've repainted it, but it was a very <laughs> washed, <laughs> it was like it'd been there for about four weeks and no one had found it. So it was really, it was um, yeah, it was very um, faded in its paint, but you could see that someone had painted this rock. Wow. <laughs> so it was like that there was following our instincts. I didn't know how it was going to show up, but we just went with the intention. And um, you kind of go, how is that possible? You can try it with things like that. This week we've just manifested our dream house. We're moving into in three weeks. Woo-hoo. And that was very stressful for two weeks. It was like only thinking about this one place. There was it was very stressful because five people were buying it at the same time. So it was like, are we gonna get it? And we're like, yes, we're it's ours. It's it, it was all about following your intuition from the very first offer right through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And not letting your fears, not letting other things get in the way and not being attached to it because then there's resistance. So Mm -hmm. intuition's funny. It's that little voice that is really quiet that says, Rachel, why don't you go over there? Or, and then you question it. That moment you, you do, you've got this little voice telling you to do something. And then the moment after you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Do you, have you had experiences like that? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) What's one that you've had? (laughs) um it would well starting this podcast is actually one of them this is something that has been on my mind for years since I first got into podcasts and I thought wouldn't it be cool if I could have a podcast and then every time I thought about that I shut it down like no I'm not the kind of person I'm not whatever enough to have a podcast and then 
eventually you get to that point where you go, you know what, why not? <laughs> and just, just decide to go because it's been pulling at me for so long. Why not just go for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that interesting. And pole dancing was like that for me too. Mm-hmm. 15 years of going, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear those shorts, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you do it and you go, well, I love this. Why didn't I do this years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I do this years ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. I also want to talk about intention and mm-hmm. how you set intentions, um, whether that's like for your day or for your, your life, like in a big way. How do you set intentions? It's a really good question. Again, I find with intentions, there's intentions for everything. And I guess I don't get up in the morning and think of it. For a business, I'd be setting intentions for the month. And like we really focus on all of our energy being or creating that kind of month that we want to create and things just happen. If our if our energy is really focused all over the place, it doesn't happen. And that's generally when people are starting businesses or have too many ideas they're focusing on, they don't um, get the results that they really want. So we set an intention for the business, definitely. We'll set uh, an intention around um, even the events that we run. We'll set an intention of, of what we want what our client what we want our clients to experience. Um, through that process so it's clear Um, you know intention for yeah just just yeah intentions are so important and then it's followed by a decision to do it like you said with the podcast it's fine to set one but then it's the actions that help you to create that that have to be acted on fast Mm -hmm. something that Michael and I like to say is that universe likes speed and it happens when the, when you find that something comes to you that you really want to do, it's taking that fast action to help it to, to come into fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're a business owner and I find I have all these, juggling all these balls, all those ideas happening, and you said, you know, you got to take those actions and try and um, actually make decisions to get things done. How do you come into some kind of balance where you've got all these ideas happening um, and I find it gets really distracting. When you want to get so much done, you end up getting nothing done. So do you have any advice around how to, you know, make decisions and stick to them and structure your business life? Well, I think you you, you have to have targets for your business. You have to know your numbers because that's really, you're not a business unless you've got targets. And if you're not working on the numbers side, then it's more of a hobby. So you have to have that as a goal, like your money goals are number one. And then it's about what's going to help me to achieve that. What what things do I need to do in order for that to happen? And then everything else can flow from that. I'll usually do five things per day on my list. So I'll do a goal achieving thing. I'll do sales related things and marketing related things or PR. And it's also about how you structure your week too. So if you're overloaded, which happens to me too, is I'll do a brain dump on my whiteboard and I'll just get rid of everything that's in my head. Mm-hmm. Get it out. Because if it's in your head, it's just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it all out, put it on the whiteboard and then look at it logically and go, oh, no wonder I'm, you know, stressed. What can I action now? What can I put aside and what's urgent? 
So you make decisions based on what you want to create. Now, if it's money, then you want to look at, I've got to do sales. I've got to look at how I generate business. So you're not just waiting for things to happen. You're actually intentionally going out there to create it. Mm-hmm. That's that word intention again. <laughs> intentionally create. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's all about intentions. I want to talk about goal setting. And something that you do at the start of all your events is talk about um, a goal card with your Mm -hmm. clients. Can you talk me through what your goal card is? So what we, this is actually not our own process. This is a process that Bob Proctor uses and we really love it Mm -hmm. because what it does is it just cements one idea. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a big goal for yourself and, and Bob, he uses it like he will say um, there's a type a type goals b type goals and c type goals and um, when you go for a c type goal that's a fantasy goal that's something you don't know how the hell you're gonna do it but that's what you want mm-hmm. and so you write that on your card and you and you and you carry it around with you I usually carry mine around with a little lanyard lanyard around my neck and it reminds me all day of what that says so that I'm just thinking about it subconsciously all the time. Mm-hmm. And the more you think about it, the more it happens. And so that's what that's about. We really love people to think outside the square. Don't go after what you think you can go after because that's a B-type goal. A C-type is you don't know how it's going to happen. You just want that. And that's how you set it because B type goals is say if you want to reach a certain target in your business, you know, if you do all these things, it's going to happen. But C type is like, I want to create that, but I don't know how that happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, And what about writing goals down and writing goals out? As we've talked about on other episodes before, like the power of just writing it down and keeping it in the forefront of your mind. Is that something that you do as well? We do it every day. So we'll always be journaling about and being grateful that it's already happened. So in the now, not, hey, in 10 years, this will happen. I have a, um, like say for this house that came out this or only yesterday got approved. Mm-hmm. Um, we had on our goal, well, our dream, I'm very visual. So I like to have like um, slides with things on them with words. And it's, it had December, 2020, we're moving into this particular house mm-hmm. that we've lived in before. And that house had a lot of few things we weren't that happy about, but we had a checklist for what we wanted in the house. Mm-hmm. And um, when this place came up, I just knew that it was the one. And as soon as we just even put our foot on the land, it was like, this is the one. And we're moving in before December 2020. So it's going to be in three weeks time. So we didn't plan it. We didn't know how we we're going to make it happen. But when the awareness came, to make it happen we just took fast action so that's the thing you've got the vision there you don't need to worry about how you've just got to keep focusing on the vision that you want to create Mm, that's so powerful it is and it's usually better than what you expect like this is eight acres of rainforest that we're going to have with a huge shed with that we're going to create a soundstage so it's going to have like sets in there and we want people in our community to use it so it's and it's just not even a part of the house it's right before the house so you can drive right up to it so it's better than what we would have done what we would have expected 
That is so awesome. I can't wait to see all that set up. Yes, I'm sure you'll be there. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So I want to take a step right back now and talk about your career in the television industry before you started your business because, um, and this is just me like looking at your mm. brand name, like you were a girl director and I think it was probably um, pretty rare like to have female directors I think it probably still is um mm. then and then like did that girl director name like come out of that yeah I never forget actually I really felt like I wanted especially coming out of the tv industry because I did go through a redundancy that really affected me mm. I felt really just that was my life and I didn't imagine not ever being a part of the tv station because I loved it I loved being a part of it but I also was entrepreneurial enough to have my own business on the side the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I always had my own music video production business. Mm -hmm. But when that redundancy came, I just, I stepped into really owning and I thought, what can I do to market myself in a male dominated space? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to use something risque that was a bit sexy, that kind of grabbed attention. But then I didn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, she is, which is that side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. She has the long legs and, um, you know, I've been, I've been criticized a lot for her looking like the unrealistic female, mm -hmm. but to me, she was part of my alter ego. She was a character that I wanted to create to then go, right. She in her own right is a character and I I'm working with her. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's like the superhero of the video industry and she just like James Bond or Batman. She is goes and helps people. And that's really, I guess the essence of girl director when people need us, we see them in distress and we <laughs> fly over there and go and, you know, go and save them. So I love the brand. It's, um, and then we've developed the Academy through that, but we love empowering people like you that are in the video space. Cause there is only 5% of women still directing. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's not about, we just want to have people being empowered and, and make decisions based on what they want to do. And just feel supported in that. So there's no right or wrong or we're against men. It's just like we just want to support people to do what they want to do. And it just so happens that Girl Director is like a Charlie's Angels, James Bond type of character that we have created um, as a brand. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Because your business, it's um, centered around teaching video and teaching marketing and that, but it's also about... Um, helping people step into living the life that they really want to live. That's just what I can yep. see. Yeah. Is that what you aim to get your clients to believe like in themselves when they work mm -hmm. with you? Yeah. It's, it's um, interesting because I do ask a lot of our clients, you know, what are some of the, you know, what transformations have you, you had through working with us? And a lot of it is um, business growth far beyond that they could imagine, but also just in themselves being able to share videos from a place they never could before mm. but doing it themselves in-house um saving lots of money but then um, knowing when to outsource and mm. and what they need and want because when as you know the more that somebody knows what they want or they give you a list of stuff that they want to create it makes your job easier yeah yeah absolutely and how do you see people transform once they've been on video 
I see a transformation in people's confidence that I know, even like in myself, just when you do that more and more, what do you see um, when people start to do that from when they were too scared to first make their video to now they're you know, uploading videos every week? Oh, it's so good. I, I'm, I sit from afar and I watch a lot of our clients and we had dinner with a couple actually on Saturday night and they worked with us for about a year and a half, their whole team. And she just said, you know, you've changed my life. You've changed my whole company's life because, mm. you know, the stories we can capture now from farmers and we, you know, their whole sales team was scared to be on video, but now... She said, oh, we went to a press conference and there was all the media set up there and I was telling them, you know, I was telling my assistant where I wanted her to position me and they were all looking at me going, wow, like you've got all these skills and like we did girl directors training. And I was like, yeah, I was just so proud to hear that even on a press release or news report that their company was completely well set up and knew exactly what to do, where to stand and be prepared for that particular situation more than they would have been. So really embracing every situation that comes up that they have PR with. A lot of our clients end up on TV too, like they might be on the project or some of them create ads that still are on TV. Um, charities will work with their, you know, they've got a lot of PR in different places. So they're now ready to share what they want to share instead of being caught up in their head. Mm, mm, that's awesome. And how does video help people to connect with their audience rather than just having like content in print? Well, it's the vulnerability. You know, um, this year I shared a big story around because I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May mm. and that was a huge shock. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do any posts anymore. I don't want to be fake in my content. What am I going to do? And, you know, when that went away and I started to just, I, w I decided on my own healing path, which is a little different. I did a video in May and it was just to free myself of what was holding me back. Because I thought if I'm open with this, then I don't have to feel like I'm hiding. It doesn't have control over me anymore. And then I can just talk about it if I want to talk about it. Mm. And I found that it was a very empowering way to do it. And I found that now, I mean, people want to follow you. They want to know about you. It's not just about the how-to content. They mm. actually want to learn from your experiences in life. And so because I am doing things a little alternatively, um, it's just empowered a lot of people to go, wow, good on you. Or um, I needed to hear that for myself because I'm doing my going through my own thing. You don't know who your content's going to touch. Mm. That's the thing. There are people watching it that I didn't even know were watching it and getting something from it. So like with your podcast, people are just, you don't know who's going to reach. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely right. And a lot of people do shy away from talking about themselves because they think, oh, people won't care about me. They just want to know about the content and what I have to teach them. But I think telling personal stories help people to be able to connect with you and want to learn from you more. Yeah. And I see the word authentic float around on the internet <laughs> all the time. Uh, <laughs> what, yeah. what does authentic mean to you? I get tired of that word. Mm -hmm. I just think it's real. <laughs> 
vulnerable. It's yeah. just, you know, sprinkling your own path and your own stuff in amongst the how-to is is important. But just being you and, and authentic is authentic. You know, when people try and be authentic, mm. <laughs> it's 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 not. But when you're vulnerable and mm. you are mm-hmm. sharing some of the challenges you're going through, that to me takes guts Mm. and um it's hard to do when you're in it and you're sharing it but it's the most rewarding Mm, absolutely so i guess vulnerability to me i mean sorry authenticity equals vulnerability yeah yeah that's a really great way to look at it and what about using story as well to educate people well i i think it's the most memorable way to educate people because uh, if you're just going uh, 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 do this 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 but if you can say look uh, um, this is how it helped this person or mm-hmm. this is something that this person's overcome and check out what they're doing now or it's something you've done yourself then of course your own experience is going to speak tenfold or speak so much more than just ranting at people with no experience mm, absolutely yeah when you work with your clients, you teach them about doing like Facebook lives and just kind of going for it and talking. And that's something that freaks a lot of people out. Um, that's something that freaks me out as well, because there's no room to edit it or do it again. But why do you think doing live videos is really good for people to be able to grow? And, you know, to be honest, Facebook lives aren't my favorite platform either. I love pre-recorded stuff because I can, like with the cancer story, yeah. I wasn't going to do that live because I, it was, I wanted to make sure it came across the right way. Yeah. Um, Facebook lives, what I do love is when we add like an entertainment part or an interview mm-hmm. or something that is different than just me being live. Mm-hmm. Um unless we're on tour or we've got an event and there's something interesting to see behind the scenes. Yeah. So, but live videos help you to one, be top of mind because people go, Oh, look, Rachel's on look, or, and they also help you to have an audience live. You keep showing up and it helps the algorithm push more, um, more people that you wouldn't normally see to your page. So they're the main reasons. It is important to do it as part of your marketing plan, mm. but there's no production. You don't have to edit mm. it. It's yeah. just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. There's no production. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How does creating video also help people to find their own voice? Look, I think, again, when you are creating content, not worrying about if you haven't got something to say, you've just got to start because in doing it, you'll find your voice. Uh, if you keep waiting until your voice is perfect, you'll never, you'll never find it because you're always evolving just like your audience is. So you've just got to get on there and start sharing because you're evolving and your message is evolving. So you'll find your voice by doing, not watching. Mm. And I think going back to that perfection thing again, where people don't want to put anything (laughs) out until it's going to be perfect, but letting your audience come on that journey with you, um, when you're just starting and then, you know, the people that are there right from the start, I'll see you evolve and come on that journey. I think that also inspires them to think, Hey, you know, that person's doing it. I don't have to be perfect. Um, and hopefully inspiring other people to have a go as well. Absolutely. And, you know, 
and I think it's important too to just do some that aren't perfect and then you've got some that are so it gives different sides to your brand as well so yeah mm. I agree mm. I also find people love watching bloopers mm, they do because that's you that is probably more authentic yeah because you've yeah. got your guard down it's fun yeah absolutely <laughs> starting to wrap up I want to ask you what do you think is the biggest thing that you've found you've learned or you've grown from running your own business? I think growing your own business brings up every single obstacle and fear that you've ever had. So, um, so everything is amplified when you have your business. Cause I did not want to talk on the phone. I did not want to do sales. I said, I'm a creative. I don't do that. like the amount of stories that I used to tell myself that I was. So I think it, I, it's the best personal development course you can ever do because it brings up everything to the forefront that you need to work through. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And what kind of personal development stuff did you work on? And I, I guess continue to work on cause it's really a lifelong journey. There's always something to learn and some way to grow. Where did you start? Well, it's funny because Michael had done a lot more, my partner, Michael, he'd done a lot more personal development than me when we met. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember him saying, Rachel, I really want you to go and do Landmark. Now, Landmark Forum was, um, is still existing today and it has huge transformational benefits, three-day weekend. And he's like, go and do it. It took him seven years to convince me to go and do it. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not going, it's a cult. And then of course I tell people and they're like, no, don't do it. It's a cult. And I'd gain all this evidence that it was a cult and it's a beige room and I'm not going to sit there for 12 hours and waste my time. And anyway, I went and on the first day when I got home, because we were having some difficulties in the relationship and that was like, right, I need to do some personal development. I didn't realize how much stuff I was carrying around. Um, So I went and the first night when I got home, I'm just like, oh my God, why didn't you tell me it was lots of science and this and that? And he's like, (laughs) like, you didn't sell it to me well enough. (laughs) Poor thing, can't win, can he? So I did that and that was that would have been 10 years ago now. So I did Landmark Forum was the start and I trained all the way through that. I did the Landmark Forum, then I did the advanced course and then I did coaching. So I started coaching then. And then from there, I have never done Tony Robbins. Um, I've done a lot of Bob Proctor's stuff for years and years Mm -hmm. and just lots of courses, lots of, um, I've done frequency healing stuff. There's a lot of different areas that I've done a lot of energy healing on as well. Mm. Um, But I would say that's where it started. Mm. So, Mm. yeah, that's awesome. What is the biggest message that you want to get out into the world? Oh, I would say one of them is follow your crazy ideas. That's a big one. Follow those crazy thoughts that come into your mind that you want to do because you don't know where it's going to lead. You've just got to have the courage to go out there and go, you know what, this has come to me for a reason and go and follow it. Like with the elephants, I wouldn't be here with this business if it wasn't for me following that concept and that idea and the people I've met, the elephants that that have spoken to us, um, it's phenomenal. So I would say follow your crazy ideas and um, 
Yeah, there is so much in the unseen that uh, you're always working on yourself. It's when you have a closed mind, you're not open to new ways of looking at the world. So there's always new awareness to look at things. So no matter how hard things are, there is always a different perspective that you can put on to see things in a different way. Mm, Wow. Yeah, that is a really, really powerful way to look at things. I keep thinking of extra questions just to go, final question, final question, final question. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) I want to ask you about the idea of the ripple effect. And Mm -hmm. we kind of um, mentioned this before about, you know, you never know what your content or what your message, like how far it's going to reach and who it's going to touch. So, and you also teach the idea of the ripple effect in your courses. Um, Tell me a bit about that. Well, our mastermind is called the ripple effect because that's what we love about what we teach is that Mm. we want to teach people so that they can go out there in the world and create videos to make that ripple. And I was so proud again on the weekend when I saw these clients that are doing videos for government and, um, you know, ministers of Australia via doing stuff that we taught them that are changing the face of Australia or um, changing things for farmers. It just, I just go, wow, that's, you know, you, sometimes you go, am I doing enough? I could be doing more. But then you think about what clients are doing that we've taught and the ripple of that knowledge and that video um, knowledge that they're doing now, it's like you could never do that on your own. Mm. So that's why we call it the ripple effect because it is taking one idea and, and teaching people so they can go out and make their own difference and the world just becomes a better place. Mm-hmm. And just touching on that as well, how important is it to look back? Because we go, we get so far and we kind of forget everything that we might have accomplished as you get so far. So how important is it to look back and recognize where you started to where you are on your journey now? You know, um, a client sent to me once, a, it's an um, evidence journal. And I really love it because she had created this beautiful journal. And what that means is that any testimonials that you have, any accomplishments you have on those down days that you've got, you can actually look in that book and you've got a whole list of things to read, to acknowledge, to remember. Because some days, you know, we all feel like crap and we all go, I don't want to do this or whatever's going on at the time. But when you can look at that and go, yeah, actually, I'm okay. I I do really well. And look at how many things I've done. Um, Yeah, it is important. And it is so easy to forget sometimes when you're striving for more and more and more. And I'm not enough. And let's do more. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really beautiful idea. I think that's something that I'm going to create for myself. Yeah, well, Joe, Joe Muirhead, she's created that. And um, yeah, I love it. It's beautiful, beautiful idea. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what's next for Girl Director? What is your crazy goal? Crazy idea. Well, we're going through that transition. We're doing a bit of a rebrand update Mm -hmm. at the moment. And uh, so we... Yeah, our academy, we really want to grow the community. We want to have people in our community that are big change makers and just making a difference. And we are opening up our academy to more broader, to help more people with smaller courses and things. And uh, we we just want to be able to grow our community so people work together in that community rather than us facilitating because 
I think that I love the philosophy around when you're a team, you can achieve more than if you're just together. So our goal with Girl Director is to get into this house in three weeks, deck out this amazing space and make it really, really funky. Have people like you come and hang out there and have these amazing sets. People come, they can shoot. We've got the Academy and uh, we're doing documentaries that really make a difference. And we also just have, um, yeah, monthly really cool wisdom knowledge dinners. So that mm-hmm. brings minds together to do, you know, deep thinking about things. Mm, that's fantastic. We can always accomplish more as a team. There's so much <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we just want Girl Director as a brand to get out there and help more people. And uh, and it's not just the video because video is a concept, but it's about life. It's about thinking bigger. It's about having the courage and the support to go after what you really want and mm. people that are doing it and leading from example. Mm. That is awesome. That is a fantastic statement to finish on. I want to thank you so much oh. for being on the podcast. That was amazing talking thank to you. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Lovely to chat to another girl director. Yes. <laughs> I also love that girl director as a brand is also something you can embody. Like anyone who comes through it, you can become a girl director as well. Absolutely. And that's what I love too. It's like, I love to see people that do that and are like, I see it all the time. I'm like, you're a girl director out there. And that makes me, yeah, just proud that the brand's expanded. It's not me. It's, it's, it's what it represents. Yeah. That's <laughs> so. fantastic. What do you really want and what is holding you back from going for what you really want that is where i leave you with that question and thank you again for being part of this journey towards mindset mastery if you enjoyed the show today please share it with one other person who you think will benefit from what we talked about i can't wait to have your company again soon and remember we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.